This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You want your Burke show in one full show every day, uninterrupted, and dang it, you don't want ads. No problem. Become a bonus Burke show subscriber. Find out more at theburkshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. One of these tragic sleep scenarios happened to me this morning. You guys decide which is the worst of the two, okay? Worst. Worst of the two. Ready? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, you get up 60 seconds or two minutes before your alarm is supposed to go off. I just feel so gypped when that happens. <laughs> You had another two minutes, and that two minutes feels like a lot. <laughs> at first, especially well, at the hour we get up. Yeah, 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 because we all get up. And now I'm uh, five minutes from the radio station, so I'm enjoying the extra time I have in bed. It's a game changer. Mm. 30 minutes this early in the morning. If you guys are listening, uh, not to the podcast, but to the live show this early, that that's heavenly. Mm-hmm. 30 wow. minutes is not 30 minutes. It's four hours. Okay? <laughs> all right, so which is the worst con- uh, scenario? Waking up a minute or two before the alarm goes off or... Waking up four hours before your alarm goes off, completely refreshed and ready to crush the day. Oh, the four hours before your alarm goes off. Yeah. Yeah. Four hours for me. Has that never happened to you before where you go to sleep and you sleep for three or four hours and you wake up, the alarm doesn't go off, but you're like, oh, I am ready to attack this day. You feel refreshed. You feel great. And then you realize you got to go back to bed for another three hours. (laughs) Then you wake up super tired. (laughs) Yeah. That's. What's the worst? That to me is the worst. But I feel like a wizard when I wake up two minutes before my alarm because I'm like, my body knew. So I find that very cool. But waking up four hours before is an absolute not slay. How about you? Um, No, the way and I can probably count on one hand how many times that's happened that I've woken up in the middle of the night like that, ready to wake up and take on the world. That doesn't happen. (laughs) Man, I woke up this morning. I was like, man, I feel refreshed. I must have got seven straight hours of sleep. Let's go before the alarm. And it was three hours early. (laughs) I had to talk myself going into back to sleep. That is hard. I'm with Abby. I actually like when I wake up before my alarm clock. I feel like I actually defeated the system somehow. (laughs) Like you broke the code? Those two minutes don't feel like gold bars to you, though? Nah. Damn. Uh -uh. So I had to regroup, try to go back to sleep, and I didn't get a good night's sleep after that. The first (laughs) half of the night, great. Second half when I really needed it, not so bueno. All right, Cassie. So you've got some advice here from an elder millennial because some Gen Z's are just not doing it wrong and you might be messing it up for the whole generation. Advice is a nice way of putting it because Gen Z, we need to have a talk. (laughs) Um, This is Mama Millennial coming down the line (laughs) to chat with y'all. So here's the thing. 
Millennials love Gen Z for the most part. We have been big advocates. It's always been a joke, like in the in the early years of learning about Gen Z, like millennials are the quiet older sibling, and then uh, Gen Z's coming in with the like club to crush everything. Mm. Like they're gonna get stuff done. We're their big champion. Like we are all about Gen Z, except for the Tide Pod. That was like one little <laughs> right yeah. turn where we we're like, come on, y'all, Tide Pods, they're amazing. Except lately. They have been doing some stuff and they need to stop because it's given off real boomer energy and we're not here for it. <laughs> Millennials for millennia or however long we've been alive have been crushed by Karen boomers. I'll call them Karen boomers because mm-hmm. not all boomers are the same. Not all boomers are bad. No, no. but we have been blamed for the housing <laughs> crisis because we love avocado toast. Like literally any headline you could imagine, it's millennials fault somehow. I just, I literally just saw one two weeks ago that says, um, Boomers can't retire because millennials aren't making enough money. That was, I'm not kidding. It's because they're using their parents' resources, but I'm like, oh, blame millennials and not capitalism or the whole system, what have you. So So you're giving Gen Z a little more grace because you know what that's felt like. We know. And like, we never punched up to Gen X. Gen Z is punching up to us. And it's one thing, like every generation has its quirks, Mm. like its side parts, or we love our skinny jeans that get made fun of. They're being nasty mean online. And I love it, though, because millennials, which are usually pushovers, are fighting back. All these Gen Zers are out here looking like millennials, but making fun of millennials for how we dress, how we act, for what we wear. And I'm here to tell you, it's like mean girl Regina George energy. And you need to not worry about your you need to worry about yourself because I cannot remember giving two F's what Gen (laughs) X wore when I was growing up. But I feel like I'm like, why are they so obsessed with us? Because they are. Every time I go on TikTok and I see some Gen Zer on TikTok, they're talking about how millennials need to not wear those mom. Not don't wear the skinny jeans. Ooh, don't wear the mom jeans anymore. Those are out. Ew, don't do that. Don't look like that. Don't talk like that. Don't say those things. And I'm just like, we are aging. It is okay. <laughs> I am nearing 40 and it's all right for me to age. I don't want to look like a teeny bopper anymore. Y'all have your youth. Enjoy it. And one day you'll get here. But what I really wanted to say is like, it's a bigger lesson, I think, in how you treat other people. And it's so easy to see a target and want to be part of like the joking class. Like, oh, we're going to bully this target. We're just making fun of your fashion. And that's fine. But from a generation that truly got bullied, I remember sitting in corporate meetings being like, millennials need gold stars and pats on the back. They're weak. And I was like, I literally am sitting right here as they taught other generations how to handle millennials coming into the workforce. We have always been talked down to. And it it doesn't help anything, and it just makes everyone feel crappy. So I want to say, instead of focusing your negative energy, and it's a lot. This is a widespread spread problem on making fun of millennials on TikTok. I'm not saying don't criticize. That's always good. Just making fun of them. Like, put your energy into something more important. I don't know, like solving homelessness. <laughs> you know, or moving out of your parents' house or something. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's always been this way from generation to generation. The generation before always thinks the next generation is weak. Oh, my God, what is this country going to look like in another 20 years? So soft. And it just never, ever stops. I I think now it's in our face, and now you're living in a bubble, or we get to live in bubbles now because of social media and the algorithm is, if you watch one of those videos, then you have to watch a 100 of those videos because they know that you've been watching them. But I think it's been going on forever. I don't, though, because I've never seen any hate from Gen X as the generation above millennials, and I'm an L, I call myself an Oregon Trail millennial. Like, I, if you played the Oregon Trail computer mm-hmm. game, you know. 
I never felt any hate from Gen X. Gen X was always cool and chill and did not care. They were waiting in the weeds, man. They were just like, no, camouflage. We don't want, you hardly ever hear people talk about Gen X, and I am Gen X, Mm. and that's because we're just going to let everybody else talk crap about (laughs) each other. (laughs) And that's the thing, though. Like, so we, I I could argue, yeah, punching down, but Gen X didn't punch down, and millennials aren't punching down. Gen Z is punching up. They're like saying, ha-ha, millennials, but they're not making fun of Gen X or boomers, and so I'm just letting y'all know Gen Z, you're giving off oh. real boomer energy and y'all need to calm down. Uh, no, we, everybody makes fun of boomers. Yeah, trust, yeah. trust me, we're making fun of boomers. Yeah. We're just hiding <laughs> it well. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody makes fun of boomers. The Burt Show. All right, there are certainly deal breakers in any relationship when you're just like, okay, this is over. But Abby heard of one the other day, a little unusual. Yeah, I know we were laughing yesterday about how shallow that I can be on dating apps, <laughs> like swiping left on a guy who drinks Pepsi, or if he has to listen to a white noise machine before he goes to bed. <laughs> or if he's spiritual. Or if he's and spiritual. Not religious. Yeah, well, I had an epiphany yesterday. Um, and I'm was sorry. it a spiritual one? <laughs> well, with, all, with all of them. Were you praying um, to your crystals? Did your crystals talk to you? As I I was reflecting back on the day after the show yesterday. Uh, I was thinking to myself, oh my God, Abby is repulsed by me. I'm short, I've got muscles, and I'm spiritual. So that's the trifecta of ick for you. No, I'm not. Yeah, it is. Do you listen to white noise machines? Uh, uh, sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Could be it could be a deal breaker based off of something she learned about a guy that she recently started dating. I mean, this is like very, very fresh. They met super recently at like a tailgate and she called me up a couple weeks ago and was like, Abby, I think I found my soulmate. And I'm like, oh my God, tell me about him. So she's like, well, he's rich. And I'm like, okay, what else? He's got it all. And he's like, he's nice. He's he went to Florida. He's a big football fan, so we can go to tailgates together. He's employed. He's cute. And on top of that, he also has the exact name that she's always wanted her boyfriend to have. Get oh out God. of here. Oh my God, this is destiny. It's destiny. So all the stars are aligning. Not only is he rich, but he also has the right name. Because girls are weird like that. Like we have a, a mental list of hot guy names that we would like to date. And he is on the list. He's made the A-list of, of hot boy names. For you, what is your number one hot boy name? Anything that has uh, like a, like a, I love like a, like a Sam. Like just like a basic. Ooh, very basic. Ah, like just, a one syllable name? Yeah, just bland. Do you guys have a a name that you would look for? I mean, like a, as soon as it hits you, you'd be like, ooh. If, if you told me I was going to date a Bart and marry a Bart, <laughs> yeah. I would have called you stupid. <laughs> Bart, Mo, not a, probably among the, the top sexy names. But for one. I don't have one. You'll I've have never one. even thought about that. Mine would be like, it would be South American. It would be something like Isabella. Ooh. Okay. Oh, oh, that yeah. is a hot girl name. Yeah. Hi, meet my friends Isab- <laughs> Isabella and Bert. <laughs> <laughs> you got to balance each other out. Nah, I would change it to Berto. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Or maybe Poppy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just made things uncomfortable. Okay. So my best friend has been um, super stressed out because she is applying for residencies because uh, she's going to be a dentist and, you know, has to fly across the country 
to make sure that she can secure a job next year. She went to Chicago, she went to Delaware, and recently she went to New Orleans. And she was really, really excited about this because she wants to kind of stay in the Southeast and um, not be super far from home. So he actually knew about it. And when she got home, he sent her flowers with a little note card, just congratulating her on the interview and then saying, I'm so excited for dinner tonight. Damn. So later that day, she's really jazzed to go out with this guy. She's texting me. She's like, I'm going on a date with my future husband. I'm so excited. We're going to a fancy steakhouse. And um, the next day she was telling me about it. And she, you know, he ordered a bottle of wine. He had all the best recommendations for food. And she said at the end of the night, something happened that usually happens around the third date with people. You get a little wine tipsy. You go for out for a nightcap. And then you start word vomiting all the things you've been trying to hide from this person in order to look attractive. Mm -hmm. And she said some of the hot topics started coming up about, you know, like religion and family and where they want to live, you know, as they get older. And the conversation surrounding politics came up and she would just kind of brush it off. It was like, oh yeah, I believe X, Y, and Z and I voted for X, Y, and Z. And he said, that's great for you. Um, I hope that you don't mind that I'm apolitical. And she was like, I've literally never heard anybody describe themselves as apolitical. She's like, well, what does that even mean? Like, do you just, you want to like tear down the political system? And he said, no, it's, it's a lot more indifferent than that. He said, it just means I'm completely indifferent to politics. I don't really subscribe to a certain party. I don't really care about the political system. He said, I did vote in one election, but in the other, I didn't like either candidate. So I just sat that one out. And she said at first, like, it was kind of a turnoff. She didn't really know how to respond to it because there was no way to continue the discussion because he's like, because she was like, how do you talk to somebody about something they're not passionate about? So she just moved on. Mm -hmm. And she called me the next day and she said, I don't really know how to feel about it because to be honest, I'm pretty indifferent about politics, but I feel like I'm at least a an active participant in my country, a vote. Uh, I know about certain issues. And she said it was a little bit of a turnoff that he didn't have any kind of convictions and she didn't know how to feel about it. The convictions about politics. Yeah. Yeah, I, that wouldn't bother me at all, man. I think that you're protecting yourself from a lot of frustration. <laughs> yeah, you are, but I do so feel like you have an obligation as a as a citizen of this country to be, you don't have to be active. I, I am not active. I am not um, educated when it comes to politics. Like, I, I get by on the bare minimum to make a... What, what I think is the proper choice in a candidate when I go in and I vote. But I make sure I go in and I vote because I feel it's my duty as a citizen of this country to participate and try to make our country the best I can. I don't think you're m very different than most Americans who don't care about politics at all until yeah. they have to. So two weeks before a major election, which is like the presidential, I'm not saying this is right. I'm saying this is how it's done in our yeah. country mostly. Is like you People don't even know who their Congress uh, person is. Have no idea. Idea. So I think it's not bad to sort of have it at arm's length. And most of this country doesn't even pay attention until two weeks before a presidential election, which is why we're in the place we're at right now. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Uh, that wouldn't bother me at all either. But if it bothers her and it bothers her already, there's probably something that will continue to bother her. Okay. Mm -hmm. She's going to think about it. I'll let you know how she feels about it if she uh, ends up breaking up with her future husband because of it. Can I tell you what crosses out apolitical? Listening to white noise machines? No, no. <laughs> rich. Rich. You <laughs> said rich at first, so she'll definitely get over the politics thing if he's loaded. Yeah, politics <laughs> don't apply to you when you're loaded. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Monica and Joey are paying their final tributes to Chandler. Of course, I'm talking about Matthew Perry and Courtney Cox and... Um, 
I forgot the guy who plays uh, Joey Tribbiani. Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Sorry, he's literally written right here. It's all good. Um, he posted on Instagram yesterday. He said, it is a, with a heavy heart that I say goodbye. The times we had together are honestly among the favorite times of my life. It was an honor to share the stage with you and to call you my friend. I will always smile when I think of you and I'll never forget you. Never. Spread your spread your wings and fly, brother. You're finally free. Much love. And of course, he had to end it with a little dark humor. He said, and I guess you're keeping the 20 bucks you owe me. <laughs> now, Courtney Cox, who played Monica, his love interest, um, also wrote on Instagram. She said, I am so grateful for every moment I had with you, Maddie, and I miss you every day. When you work with someone as closely as I did with Matthew, there are thousands of moments I wish I could share. But for now, here's one of my favorites. So then she shared two back-to-back clips. The first was the original clip of um, Ross running in while Monica and Chandler are in bed together, but Ross doesn't know it. Ross runs in. He's like, I'm getting married. And Chandler's like, that's great. Ross leaves. And then the covers flip up. And then Monica's there in bed with with Chandler. It's like the announcement Mm -hmm. of the fact that they were together. It was awesome. That they had slept together. Absolutely epic. Well, she shared what had actually happened in a different take. And she said right before Ross had run in, um, or the character of Ross had run in, uh, Matthew told her to say a really funny line after he left. So same thing happens. Ross runs in. I'm getting married. That's great leaves and then Chandler flips over the covers. Courtney's like, do you do you think he saw us? And then Chandler's like, no. And then the line he told her to say was, okay, your turn. And then they get back under the covers <laughs> and then they start doing, you know, what Monica and Chandler do. So yeah, it was really great that she got to sh- let us into a little bit of his creative mm-hmm. process and what it was like to work with them. Do I ever, am I remembering this right? Did we assign you to watch one of those episodes because you had never seen it when you started the show? Yes. Yes. Friends and Frasier. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the two Fs. Um, yeah, when I saw those posts and that they had, you know, I don't want to say broken their silence because they have all the right and they deserve all the time to grieve as they see fit and to, you know, post when they feel they're ready to post. Or even if they don't post, that should be perfectly okay. Um, but I saw those and I read them and like, if it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also heard that when it came to Monica and Chandler, that was supposed to be just a one, like one night. They were just supposed to hook up for one night, but the audience reacted mm-hmm. so amazingly to it that they decided to go ahead and pursue the relationship. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. but as far as the writers, they were like, yeah, it was just supposed to be like a one night stand kind of thing, but everybody, the 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 fans and the viewers loved it so much that they turned it into a real, a real relationship. I think what resonated with that group right there when it came to dating is like, that just happens when you have a friend group, is that if you're a bunch of singles, you're not supposed to be dating, but inevitably uh-huh. two people or four people in the group start dating secretly, and I just think it resonated with the whole country. Yeah, people could see themselves in each of these yeah. characters, which is why I think Friends was so special. But yeah, so those are the two that have spoken out now. We haven't heard from the other cast members. I've been hearing some rumors that Jennifer Aniston is taking this particularly hard because he because she recently lost her father as well. So it's been a lot of grief and a lot of loss in a short amount of time. But I'm hoping we'll also hear from them soon and, and hear what's been going on with them. Okay, Jason Alexander from uh, Seinfeld. He says he doesn't know anything about those reboot rumors. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where Jerry Seinfeld was doing a stand-up session and somebody asked him about if there would be a, a reboot or something 
something about the ending of the original Seinfeld series, and he kind of hinted to the fact that he was working on something and that there might be a Seinfeld reboot in the works. Well, Jason Alexander, who played George Constanza, says uh, he has not heard any of this. There's only one reason for that rumor. Jerry, apparently, at the end of some stand-up thing, went, well, we go, Larry and I are thinking of something. I go, good for you. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so no Nobody phone call called yet. me. Yeah, okay. Apparently, they don't need George, and they may not need Elaine, because I, <laughs> Julia and I went, do you know anything about this? Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about this. So. <laughs> yeah. And I just talked to Michael the other day, and I don't think he knew anything about it either. So, well, he, he needs to work right now, because I think he's doing, like, uh, isn't he doing commercials for, like... A phone company. A phone company, yeah. A cellular he, company. Yeah, he needs to work. Uh, he but, has a recurring role on Young Sheldon, too. So. Oh, oh, he does? Okay, <laughs> then he's doing fine. Well, that show's coming to an end in season um, seven. I think his residuals... Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think the man actually needs to work, yeah. so... Didn't you tell... Like, they make a crazy amount of money in residuals in syndication every month. We like, would, Yeah, we were just talking about it with Matthew Perry, because he was making $20 million a year in residuals. Correct, correct. yeah. How much? Uh, I don't know, but his net worth is $50 million. Oh. Oh, that man is fine. So he's okay. good. Everything I just said, I am walking back. <laughs> he's a literal millionaire. All right, one of the Kardashians is one of the Kardashians' businesses is getting called out for scamming people. I'll fill you in on the details on your next eBuzz on the Bird Show again. Shocker. <laughs> do I have this right, or do like three of the five of us have like all this mucky stuff going on in our throat? Yeah. I think Cass had it. Uh-huh. Abby, I got it. Yeah. 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 All right, keeping your corners. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Burt Show. Dudes are stupid. Say that. Dudes are are stupid. I'll give you another example of a dude being stupid. Just sit back and slow it down for just one second. This dude, like, invites his overbearing mom to join him and our listener on a birthday trip without even asking her about it. Of course she's going to be pissed. Just (laughs) slow down and think about it, dudes. Dear Burt Show. First off, I want to say y'all are amazing and thank you for starting off my morning every day. Also, thank you for being real and sharing your lives with us. I need advice. My birthday's coming up and I'm really excited to head out of town for a mini concert this weekend. I'm from Central California and my boyfriend of seven years and I will be taking the scenic route down PCH. That's Pacific Coast Highway, y'all. Oh my God, it's going to be <laughs> such an amazing experience looking out the ocean of Drava. <laughs> Stopping by for lunch and beach time along the way. This has been the plan since July. Here's the problem. My boyfriend invited his parents to come along. Dumbass. At first, they were just going to join us for the concert. But last week, his dad said he wouldn't be able to make it, which prompted my boyfriend to invite his mom to drive (laughs) down with us. So you're all in the same car together. They're not going to meet you in a city. You guys are all going down the highway together now. A little backstory. Don't really care for his mom. She doesn't like me and has made it very clear. For the last seven years, every time she drinks, the truth comes out. I am Hispanic. My boyfriend is white. And this seems to be a big issue for her. Here are some of the things she's told me. Whoa. Everybody buckle in. <laughs> I am not pretty enough because I am brown. Oh God. Okay. Ooh. All right. She wishes her son would have stayed with his ex because she was white, despite the fact that she was toxic. I will never have her son's children because she doesn't want mixed grandbabies. We have been trying with no luck when she hurled this gem at me. She's ruined Thanksgivings, birthdays, and many family gatherings with her drunk rampages. But then we'll move on with her life, pretending to not have any recollection of what she says or does. I have been very respectful and never talked back, although I am very close if another outburst occurs. We act civil and normal towards each other every time we are in the same room. But I don't want to play nice. 
I don't want to spend a three to five hour car, uh, a three to five hour drive in a car with her. I've asked my boyfriend to uninvite her and he said he would, but still hasn't said anything. They've seen and they've seen and talked at least three times since, but nothing. So how do I get my boyfriend to uninvite his mom? I don't want to be a nagging girlfriend, but I want to have fun and be stress-free. Should I reach out and tell her she's not invited? Please help. Thanks, little brown girl. Mm -hmm. P.S. for context. Yes, my boyfriend knows all the things his mom has said and done and stands up for me when he sees it happening. He's always had my back. All right, so I'm going to take this one over for just one second, you guys. Because I am from California, and I've been on the Pacific Coast Highway a whole bunch of different times. This one's going to work its way out. So you invite her on the trip, and the beautiful... You've been on PCH, right? Never. You never have? Uh, it, it's a, the beautiful highway because it's right along the coastline. You've seen, like, the pictures of Big Sur and stuff, and all you can do is, like, take pictures every 10 minutes because it's so beautiful. At some point, she's going to want to get over the road, and she's going to get to the side of the road. She's going to take some <laughs> pictures. Little nudge. <laughs> right off the cliff. Just a little nudge. Uh -huh. Okay. And then you say that she just fell. Oh, it was an act. It was terrible. Bert, we've had this conversation before. Murder's not the answer. Huh? It, it's not the answer, but it is an answer. It is an answer. <laughs> but for this show, okay. murder's not the answer. I'm just saying there's no bad ideas right now. Not We're even just... if it's off Racist Mountain? <laughs> 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 It'd be more like cliffs there, so it's racist cliffs. Oh, if you want to be accurate. Okay. <laughs> All right, so if that's not going to work, then what do you guys have? Yeah, as much as I love homicide and confrontation, I think we need to avoid both of these things. Honestly, I do not think anything's going to go well if you are the one initiating it. Like, this woman has told you who she is. She has very clear opinions about how she feels about you for her very messed up reasons. I think you have to go to your boyfriend and say, and have him do what he thinks is right. Like, I, I would go to him and say, hey, this is going to be extremely uncomfortable for me for five hours. If you cannot talk to her and um, start to work, help help me work on this relationship with her, you got to uninvite her. Like, if you plan on staying with this guy, like, there's no avoiding this woman. So I don't think necessarily uninviting her is the answer. But I do think you got to take some proactive steps into bettering your relationship. If it's me, I would have to draw a line at this point right here because I feel like it's going to set an example for what's about to happen in the future. It would mm -hmm. take a lot. Like, we always talk about how hot a woman has to be. For me to deal with her, even though I know her mother's racist... I mean, that would already be hard enough. <laughs> right. That she got to be super hot. <laughs> I mean, For me to put up with a racist oh, mother-in-law, oh, she has to be very hot. <laughs> all right, so at least there's a chance. It's, it's it, small. All it all depends on the hot to racist ratio. Yeah, exactly okay. that. <laughs> so uh, in a situation like this, he would have to genuinely understand how serious I am about this. I mean, it would be one thing if I just didn't like her. But for these reasons... She can't come, and you have to uninvite her, and you have to realize how uncomfortable I am with the things that she's doing and saying, and if I don't make that known now, I feel like this will continue in the future, and he'll force me to look beyond it, and I don't want to. So she, he would have to uninvite his mom, and that, or I wouldn't go. All right. Little brown girl, you need to know your worth, and you need to stand up for yourself because be, you deserve better. And I was ha happy to read the PS that he stands up for you whenever he sees it happening. But bottom line, the things she has said to you are just intolerable. This is your birthday weekend and you do not need to sit in a car with her for three to five hours. 
So you, you can tell your boyfriend, either you want to invite your mom or I'm not going because life is short and you deserve to be happy. And you know, in your heart, something's going like, something's going to happen. Like she's going to say something, some, because that's who she is. Right. And so when, when you're around people, um, certain people and you know, you can't change them because that's who they are. So instead of trying to change them, you have to change the way you interact with them and you have to change the way you let them affect you. So thanks therapist, Susan. Um, so it's okay to stand up for yourself and it's okay to tell your boyfriend, like, listen, this is going to be really uncomfortable. And she said some really heinous things to me in the past. I don't want to be in a car with her for five hours Mm -hmm. and I don't want to spend my birthday with her. And that's okay. Let me correct one thing Kristen said. Kristen said, life is very short. It's also very long. (laughs) Especially (laughs) a five hour drive. (laughs) (laughs) You won't even understand how long life is (laughs) until you're in that car. Uh, Hey, Heather, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Good morning, guys. I talk to you all often. I'm a P1. Thank you. And um, you're welcome. I love you all. I have been in this situation myself. I was married at 17 to get out of foster care, and I had two children by a black male. And his mother did not like me at all. When my daughter was three months old, which was my youngest, she actually told him that you need to get this white bee out of my house. Oh, God. And sent me back to North Carolina and kept my children until I could relocate and get on my feet. I was 18. If she does not put her foot down now, it's not going to get any better. Mm -hmm. She will have nothing but resentment. And her boyfriend needs to be ashamed of himself for even offering to bring the mother on a birthday trip for the girlfriend, knowing their history. It makes no sense to me. It's ridiculous. I want to slap him. See, this, is why, this is why we're very proud that you're a P1. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to double down on this whole thing and make it way worse. Um, this problem is not going away. Mm-hmm. You can put your foot down right now. I just want you to think about this. And this is an unpopular position. But you are going to have to deal with her your entire life if you marry this guy. You just got to ask yourself, is this a situation I can deal with for the rest of my life? Because she's showing you exactly what she is right now. Every time you're around her, you can expect those racist comments or those side eyes. And you also have to ask yourself, yeah, your man here is not sticking up for you at all. And is this the kind of relationship you want to be in long term, right? Did I make make that worse? But it's not as bad as killing her. So I gave you two little good good pieces of advice. Uh Kill her or or leave them. (laughs) Wow, what options you have. If you listen to The Burt Show, you know we call romantic alone time piano playing. And if you want to get a little bit better at playing your music sheet between the sheets, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping and rush processing. And that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get a free kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure, and Adam and Eve wants to make your life easy. They've got discreet shipping as your privacy is a priority, plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your piano playing room. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item, something adventurous or something you've always desired. Just enter code. Abby, A-B-B-Y at checkout. That's Abby, A-B-B-Y at adamneve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount at adamandeve.com. 
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? If I ever find myself with more time, I end up getting so stuck on what I should be doing versus what I want to be doing that I end up wasting the entire hour. So what if you could use that hour to actually improve yourself and improve your life so that the next time you have a free hour, you actually know what's a priority for you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Whether you need to talk through the guilt of taking time for yourself or learning how to set boundaries with people in your life who take and take, therapy can give you the tools to lead a richer life where you're, well, in control and happier. Therapy isn't just for major trauma. It's for the everyday problems that can be tough to navigate too. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. There's no shame in finding someone to vent to about the issues going on in your life. Plus, BetterHelp is entirely online and is designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help visit betterhelp.com slash show today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash show. eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better and you know what also makes me feel better not having to clean up my kitchen when i just want to eat this living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up, and there's so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is also super flexible. So if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. The Bird Show. Look, it's the balance of life in anything. Parenting is no different. A parenting win for Kristen yesterday and a potential parenting fail for Kristen coming up for Christmas. No, it's not a parenting fail. It's shallow AF. You're going to judge the living daylights out of me, but guess what? I don't care, Ron. All right, so yeah, yesterday, the parenting win. And I know somebody already said you're going to jinx yourself. I can't jinx myself for something that happened once and will probably never happen again. This was like a unicorn moment, so I'm going to embrace it. So there I was in our playroom with Jimmy. He's going ham on his Play-Doh, having a great time. And Jimmy is her teen son. <laughs> Jimmy's my you're a new listener. Jimmy is my, is my son, who's two and a half years old. So he's over there playing Play-Doh. And then I gave him the 10-minute warning that we're going to go down for nap. And I always make sure he acknowledges me. I'm like, 10 more minutes, okay? He's like, okay. <laughs> Seven minutes later, he walks up to me. He goes, I want to go to bed. Whoa. Uh, it's a trap. And I was like, <laughs> oh, 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 okay. So we grab Horsey. That's his lovey. We walk upstairs. We go into his room. I, you know, use the, the blackout curtains, close them. Put him in his sleep sack. No issue whatsoever. Wasn't fussing. Wasn't crying. Got his sleep sack on. And then took him over to his crib. Gave him a kiss. Said night-night. Laid him down. Turned his white noise sound machine on. Sorry, Abby. (laughs) It's okay. I'm not trying to date your (laughs) two-year-old. No. And then he's like, I want my blanket. So I put the blanket over top of him. And I walked out the room. And he took a nap. What? Wow. Rudy, Rudy clap. Yes. Really? Oh my God. Yes. Uh, 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 
yeah, that's big. That's big. Yes. Yeah, that's a big one. The I first time that happened. Again. Yep. And I was like, just kind of, I went downstairs. I was trying to find Bart, but he had the bubble gut. So he was in the bathroom. So I couldn't tell him about it. And um, so I, I had to go to my Insta story and I'm like, y'all listen to this. I'm like, what bleeping <laughs> universe am I like alternate universe am I in right now that this happened? But it was glorious. It was such a genuine Instagram story, man. And any parent has gone through it the very first time it happens. It was so beautifully genuine. Oh, I was because there was no tears. There was no fussing. There was no more. One more song, mama. One more story, mama. <laughs> I mean, he just, he just, he just went to sleep. It was amazing. <laughs> what do kids think is going on downstairs when they're napping? Because they're fighting so hard to stay up. They must think it's like prom night down there. We are having a blast when you go to sleep, man. (laughs) All right, so that happened yesterday. Something else that happened yesterday. I sent a picture to Cassie that I need her to Photoshop because this is the photo I want to use for our Christmas card, but I'm not 100% happy with it. (laughs) Now, for the record, I've never done this before, okay? But there is one photo, and my friend Amanda Coker took the most beautiful pictures of my family on the beach, and we have so many to choose from, and it's been the hardest decision to figure out which photo should be our Christmas card. Sounds like she couldn't even help you if you're looking to Photoshop. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. The Photoshop has absolutely nothing to do with her flawless pictures. I sent you the photo, Bert, Abby, and Moe that I want to use for the Christmas card. And I want you to guess oh God. what I want to have photoshopped. Oh, that's dangerous, I dude. Know, that is really it? dangerous. I mean, since I'm the a-hole that's th- contemplating photoshopping my Christmas card, I figured the least I could do is have you guys. Okay, well, I mean, it's a beautiful picture of them on the beach. Uh, her husband, Bart, is in this really, what you call it, like a salmon-colored yeah. uh, uh, button-down with some khakis on. There you have Jimmy looking as, uh, he's one of the best-looking kids I've ever seen in my life. Thank you, he's cute. Oh, that smile is just <laughs> ear-to-ear. He's got his blue denim shirt on, and there is Kristen in this flowing dress with the, uh, your hair looks great. It doesn't look like there was much of a breeze going on in you just look really really beautiful so i don't even know oh there's something i want photoshopped oh you oh you haven't done it yet no 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 have okay. not done it yet you oh, this is really? the photo i sent to cassie and i made a request to see if she could do a little something is it <laughs> <laughs> does it have um, does it have something to do with one of y'all's hair yes oh it's bought no. 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 Oops. You, <laughs> you, you, want, you want him to add more of <laughs> Take some no, off of his just... body and put it on his head. <laughs> yeah, the stakes are too high here. I'm not guessing anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, I think I see it. Do you see it? I think I see it. But I'm not, I'm so reluctant to mention it. Is it Kristen's oh. mustache? No, no, it's not my mustache. But it is you, right? <laughs> it is me. Is my I- my husband is perfect. His eyes are open oh. for once in a photo. He's got the perfect smize. Jimmy's angelic face okay. is perfect. I'm cheesing a little too hard in the photo, no, but whatever. You're not. It, it is what it is. But there is something yeah, about my hair that I need fixed because I didn't have time to yeah. do it before we went to the beach because I was so concerned with taking care of everybody else. Now that you mention it, and what? I wouldn't have seen it. Yes. There's some grays up in there. Yes, there yeah. is. Yeah. I need my roots done. <laughs> <laughs> and when I look at that beautiful photo, I hate I hate you guys. I hate the fact that when I look at that gorgeous photo of my beautiful family, my loving husband, my 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 gorgeous son, 
All I see is roots. Yeah. Um, I would have never noticed that. Yeah. Well, we're, we're dudes, so we don't have that kind You're of... You're going to you notice it now, though, don't you? <laughs> no comment. Abby, did you notice it right off the bat? I, I, that wasn't the hair thing I was going to mention, <gasps> so now I'll keep the comments to oh, myself. Oh, what was well, it, right? well, what was? I'm not happy what, what, what? with... I'm not happy. <laughs> Personally, I'm not happy with the hair, the way my hair is laying. No. I wasn't it, even going to mention your hair. Oh. Oh, you... It was Jimmy? You're not going after the you kid, are you? I was going after the kid. <laughs> <laughs> You're worse than I thought. <laughs> What's wrong with Jimmy's hair? It's a little rumpled. <laughs> <laughs> he got a little bad head action going on. But you know, we can't forget it. He listens to white noise before bed. He's got a good <laughs> this is why I love this photo, though, because... I am a big fan of more of more of a natural look. Yes. And the way that your hair is flowing and it's a beach scene. Yes. It just looks more natural. Yeah, but that little skunk stripe right there at the top of my freaking head. I, I, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would not have noticed it. In fact, I would now have listen. thought it was like the sunlight hitting your yes. hair and making it like a different shade. I would have even noticed it. All right. No, so here's the deal. So there are other photos. Like, I have been spending way too much time on this. Um, I'm on this website where I always get our Christmas photos from. Um, and I've been doing different, like, landscape. I'm do- I've am i been doing, like, um, vertical. I've tried other photos where I feel like I look exceptional. However, <laughs> it's, it's not probably the best of my husband. This is the best photo of my husband. <laughs> this is the best photo of my child. Yeah. But... It's just that one thing, though. It's not a big deal. Correct. That's not a big deal at all. In fact, I am guessing most people now do some kind of touch-up to their photos, not in a professional way that Cassie will, but in some kind of, I I, I would guess three out of four now. You think three out of four Christmas cards are Photoshop? Really? Uh, Just a little touch. Yours is is a little touch-up. You don't think? Absolutely not. I feel like this is this is me being so extra because I am so A-type perfectionist, my anxiety, like, it's just, it's it's stupid. I recognize, like, this is so stupid, but it's also who I am, because I'm stupid. <laughs> it's a beautiful picture. Thank you. For sure. I would say, if you have professional photos on a, on your holiday card, it's been photoshopped by the photographer before you get it. Mm. Really? Oh, a little bit of skin smooth, maybe not a lot, but there will be some tweaks made where it can still look natural, but maybe some skin smoothing or something like that. Can you fix my hair, Cassie? I think so. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> the Bird Show. Hi, Alicia here has been holding patiently because um, she was thinking yesterday that maybe she would test her husband, hoping, hoping that we would find out that he was cheating on her so she could leave the marriage. We told her yesterday, look, before we do this nonsense, why don't you just go ahead and talk to him? Because the real reluctance, right, was that she wanted to go to therapy. He didn't. And that was a sure sign that he wasn't really into correcting the marriage. And at that point, then she's got a reason to say, you know what? This is important to me. This is my line in the sand. If you don't want to make an effort and go to therapy, then I'm out of here. So we talked her into that. And... She had that conversation, I'm assuming, with her husband last night, so we didn't have to do this whole to catch a cheater war of the roses nonsense. Hey, Alicia. Hey. Hey. Hi. Okay, so take us throughout the day here. Were you chewing on having this conversation with him or not, or were you, like, very, very confident that that's what I'm going to do? I was actually pretty confident about it. I mean, you guys kind of convinced me, and I just, I wavered a little bit. But I knew that 
it's a conversation one I needed to have and two I just needed to have it now because there's no point in waiting and delaying any longer that was one of the big things I really took from my time talking with you guys is if I'm gonna have the conversation have it now you know agreed mm-hmm. all right so how did it go <sighs> he was angry um he was really angry I did you know give him the ultimatum of going to counseling or the walking away aspect um and he was really angry he kind of he kept saying he couldn't believe that i would consider walking away after only two years so he seems to be harping on the timeline like i was yesterday too and like i have been just in general but he did end up finally agreeing the counseling but he gave very specific parameters for doing it but he did agree specific parameters (laughs) yeah yeah like what I need to be the one to find the counselor, um, but he still needs to approve whoever I find. Like, basically, he wants me to do the work. Um, And then it was pretty scheduled as well. He'll only go to the appointments if they're on Tuesday or Thursday nights. Um, Because he says he's always tired on Mondays and he doesn't want to do Fridays (laughs) because he doesn't want to go into the weekend in a bad mood. And Wednesdays are his night out with the guys. So he's not willing to change or move around any of those things. But, you know, Tuesday or Thursday nights are fine. Okay. It has to be an even day of the week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Stars have to be lined up just right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you feeling any kind of resentment? Because, I mean, he's he's putting the boys on Wednesday night before this. Um, I don't feel like he's taking it very seriously. Like, I think he should be almost not looking forward to it, but eager to stay married to you. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. And he's not. He also had another stipulation. (laughs) His words, not mine. Uh, He doesn't want anybody to know that we're in counseling, so I'm not allowed to mention it to any of my friends or family. Well, your secret is safe here, I can tell you. <laughs> we're not telling anybody. So I'm, I'm curious, Alicia, when you had this conversation, I know you're the one that threw the gauntlet down as far as the ultimatum, like, hey, we either need to go to counseling or I'm walking away. Like, I just can't do this anymore. Um, did, did you have any parameters? Because, I mean, you're well within your right to have some parameters. No, no. That's why I'm having... Any, but so many, <laughs> was just kind of yeah extra off-putting. This is so off-putting. It is. I, I'm. It's almost like he agreed but didn't agree. Exactly that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not mad at him for having some stipulations, like you know, hey, okay, we're gonna do this. I I wish there would would be more of a mentality of we're gonna do this together rather than you're gonna do all of this and you're gonna have to drag me along begrudgingly. So you know. To be fair, I don't book anything on Mondays either because I'm always tired. So that's okay. And the fright, like, so the dates don't bother me. It's the fact that he's expecting you to find the counselor and then he has to approve rather than the two of you doing doing it together. I wish this was more of a team effort because marriages are teams. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think. I think we need to look at it a different way. I think this is a huge win. Um, when I, I've approached my husband about couples counseling before, and he wanted to stay in the counselor too because he was afraid I would pick someone and we would gang up on him together mm-hmm. and tell him what was wrong. And I think that's a very fair concern. And I also think when one partner approaches the other and says, we need counseling, I want to go to counseling, it's an ultimatum. 
one, it's maybe a shock, but two, you feel like you're being told what to do. So the way I read this is your husband is down to do it, but he is trying to exert some control to say he's in charge of the situation mm. too. He's not just going to be told what to do and where to go. So putting stupid stipulations like Tuesdays and Thursdays or what have you, you need to do it. You need to pick it because this is what you want, but I need to say He's still giving you what you want. Mm. This is just his way of saying, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm a participant. I control my own life, but fine, I'll do it. And then I think once you guys get into counseling, it'll be different. But I think it's a huge win that he said yes to something he clearly did not want to do. Hmm. I, I give him credit for going. Uh, it just almost feels pointless to me because counseling feels like something that if you two are not going in with the same energy and the same like mindset of genuinely trying to fix whatever the issues are, then it's kind of a waste of time. And it seems like he's going more so not to lose the relationship than he's actually going to focus on the things that need to be done to fix the relationship. So I don't know how much this helps. So, well, from personal experience, um, I asked Bart to do uh, a couple's counseling session with my therapist, right? And we definitely did not go in with the same energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a certain energy. He had a very reluctant, ener- reluctant energy, and especially the way he was sitting on the couch the whole time. However... That was such a beneficial session and has altered our relationship for the better. It worked out for him in the end. It did. Okay. It did. Yeah, I think we got to give this guy a little bit of grace because until you brought this to his attention, he was in a very complacent place with where the relationship was. You're asking him to do something he doesn't want to do or didn't think he had to do. And so I think, like Cassie said, this is just his way of putting himself in the right mindset. Like, you know, if if going on Tuesday or Thursdays is going to make him sit down in that room with you and actually work out your issues, then I think we got to give that to him. It's a it's a huge win, even though it doesn't feel like it. So I, I've got hope for you guys. Um, I have a, a different take on I think he's being a man child and i think that as you guys said that this takes you know relationships are are not about ego and he's got his ego so wrapped in this thing that he's trying to control the situation like cassie said so much that he's taking any positivity out of it for you you're saying this is really important to me and he's like well i kind of hear you but um i don't really want to do it your way it just sounds like a man child to me but at least you'll get him in there get him in for the first one and see how he how he takes to it We're proud of you for having the conversation, girl. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I guess my research begins today. I've I've emailed my therapist to see who she she suggests. And um, I guess I really won't know, of course, like you guys are saying, too, until I actually get in there, like, what's his response. Right. Well, keep us appointment. Give us an update after that first appointment. I'd love to hear how it went. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay, yeah, bye-bye. I appreciate that. I always thought Fridays were for the boys, not Wednesdays. <laughs> um, it's it's Saturdays. <laughs> Saturdays, Saturdays are for, yes. for the boys. Right. Apparently, <laughs> it's Wednesday now. Nick, I got it. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. One of the Kardashians' businesses is getting called out for scamming people. Is it Skims? It is not. Hmm. Is it Good American? Mm-mm. Is it Kylie Jenner's new one? Nope, it's not Kylie Jenner's. It's not even Kylie Cosmetics. It's not 818 Tequila. It's not Poosh from Kourtney Kardashian. Kim Kardashian says it's her daughter, North's lemonade stand. (laughs) (laughs) So Northwest is apparently taking uh, uh, some of the entrepreneurial 
uh, traits from the family. Her Kim Card- er, her mom, Kim Kardashian, revealed in a recent interview with GQ that she actually sets up a huge lemonade stand in their neighborhood. She'll get like a pitcher, she'll fill it, put it in her wagon, and then she'll go down to the corner, just prop up like a normal kid. Sometimes she even has her friends help her, help her out. And she says, you know, if a random person stops by the lemonade stand, she only charges them about $2 for said lemonade. But if it's someone she knows, like one of Kim Kardashian's rich friends or rich neighbors, <laughs> she'll take their $20 and be like, mm, I don't have any change. And then Kim will be getting all these calls saying, your daughter just scammed me out of $20. But you know what? That's just how the Kardashians do business. They're going to take your money no matter what. I, I had to check myself because I saw the Instagram posts of North and Penelope. I think it was, uh, that's Scott and um, Kourtney Kardashian's um, little girl. And they're out there making money at this lemonade stand, right? And I'm like, those kids don't need money. They got plenty. And then I stopped myself and I'm like, no, yeah. this is a very good lesson sure. in hard work and entrepreneurialism. And, you know, they don't have money. Their parents have money. Right. So for them to go out there and do that, I, I applauded sure. there. I did. I like that was my initial reaction. And then I was like, no, girl, check yourself. Yeah, and they're as shady in business as their parents. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I learned it early. Yeah. And learning the beauties of capitalism daily. So yeah. shout, uh, shout out to you, Northwest. But all this is coming out of an interview with Kim Kardashian because she was actually made to be on the cover of GQ's Men of the Year issue. Now, I'm sure you're like, Kim Kardashian on the Men of the Year issue? How does that happen? Well, let me tell you. So she got the honor because she just announced her new, her new clothing line for men. Uh, it's a part of her new skims line. So now you'll be able to not only wear your own shapewear, but your man will be able to wear his own shapewear. He said, she said that, you know, whether they talk about their insecurities or not, men also feel the same way that women do about their bodies. And so they can wear skims and feel beautiful and, you know, feel nice and um, curvaceous like a Kardashian when they put their skims on. She did not say that. No, no, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. Skims for dudes. And maybe we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago because she just teamed up with the NFL too, right? Yes. NBA. NBA. NBA, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what's it supposed to hide on a dude? Like, if you have like a little gut or something? Um, yeah, let's go with that. Um, she doesn't specify, <laughs> but. <Okay. laughs> It, it is just a new line of skims wear. Um, and they're honoring her for that because she's talking about how men also feel insecure about their body, yeah. just like women do. Um, and she also wanted men to see what all the hype was about when it came to her skins line. Yeah, that she, is a direct quote. She's she's partnered with some NFLers like, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And like she has pajamas and things of that nature as well. Gotcha. So, I mean, it runs the gamut of underwear. And shapewear for men. What? Let, let's see if well, Patrick Mahomes' last player she should have partnered with because he just admitted that he wears the same drawers every game. He does? Yeah. Is that right? No, yeah. He's for, like a good luck charm for him. Really? Since his rookie year, he wears the he, same exact drawers every game. He washes them? I hope so. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are superstitious, yeah, though, better. man. A lot of those dudes, they will not wash like a t shirt if they win in it. They will not wash it until they lose. Yep. I, I don't know about the, underwear. I saw that headline. He says he washes them sometimes. I'm sure it's That's some, what he said. I, I feel like if I'm an athlete like that, like I'm going to keep it as pure as yeah. possible. And then I'm sure Brittany at one point is looking over yeah. at him like, all right, homeboy, yeah, yeah. like we need to get some down on that. Oh, get some down. <laughs> yeah, you already won a couple Super Bowls. Change your drawers. <laughs> it's okay. You've got two rings. Yeah, you good, can bro. wash your underwear. All right, Millie Bobby Brown is throwing her hat into the ring when it comes to whether or not you should take photos of your food when you're out to dinner. She says it's cringe. 
Oh, I do not take pictures of my meals. That is where I draw the line. My mm. camera does not eat first. I think it's just ridiculous. Put your phone down, eat your meal. Never have I ever <laughs> taken a picture of my food or drink. Cringe. <laughs> Oh, that must be so nice to have such a wonderful, rich lifestyle that you're exposed to that kind of stuff every day. Not everyone gets to have the fancy meals or see the cool cocktails or knows how to make them or has private chefs or what have you. Let people live. If they want to take photos, the only thing I'll say is that their flash is up in your face and now it's disturbing you. That's an issue. Let people take pictures of your, their food. Why not? And also, it's Good for the business. It's great for the restaurant to showcase this beautiful meal, and it's a great way to promote the restaurant and what they have on their menu. How dare you? How dare you support small business, and how <laughs> dare you support chefs? It's cringe. What's your problem? What? What's your problem, Bert? Food pictures are stupid. No, yes. they're not. I don't like it either. They are stupid. No, don't look at them. Like you don't even like food. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Stupid. It's like you're having mental leftovers. You can go back and relive the experience oh. in your camera roll. That's why you eat. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is responding to that lyric change at the Eras Tour. I'll play you the clip on your next e-buzz on the Burt Show. The Burt Show. Do you guys have like a uh, strange food combination that others will go, oh, and you're like, oh, I am so down with that. Um, I don't. I don't think this is like particularly strange, maybe because I do it. But when I am eating fries, I like to put ketchup and I like to put ranch right next to each other, and I mm-hmm. swipe the fry through both of them. Okay, mm-hmm. it's very tasty. Okay, you oh. guys. I grew up with very normal eating habits. I will say I'm not I'm not a bizarre eater. I'm not interested in like crazy foods. I think that maybe the weirdest thing growing up is I know a lot of my friends would have like cream cheese on bagels. I would always do peanut butter. It's my one switch up. Well, I don't really think I have one. Huh? I don't think I do anything out of the ordinary. Um, when I was younger, I used to do this, and it's going to tie in nicely to the story I'm about to tell you. I used to put a quarter of a French fry into the straw of my chocolate shake at McDonald's, and then you suck up the chocolate shake, and it puts the french fry in your mouth also, so you're getting salty and sugar at the same time. It's like a chocolate fry, and it was awesome. I know a few people who did that. Really? Mm -hmm. That sounds like it's a Heimlich maneuver waiting to happen. That's what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. So this dude that plays for the Detroit Lions grosses everybody out yesterday on Instagram because he goes to McDonald's and he orders a McDouble. I guess that, okay, the McDouble, two buns. I mean, uh, two patties. And an Oreo McFlurry. He removes the top of the bun and then puts the McFlurry directly on top of the meat. Ooh. That's nasty. <laughs> right? Yeah. That doesn't work. No, it doesn't. People are pissed. As they should be. <laughs> Vegan specifically? <laughs> right. I mean, that sounds really, really gross, right? It sounds disgusting. Absolutely nasty. I mean, made it to the NFL well, with this diet. Think about it, though. I have definitely gone places. I mean, that's why you have stuff like Steak and Shake or Shake Shack. Like, you order a burger and you also order a milkshake and you eat them, like, at the same time. Like, you'll take a bite of your burger and then you'll take a swig of your milkshake. But this you don't have t- to taste in your mouth at the same time, so you would finish your burger before putting the shake in your mouth. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you're still, like, when you're drinking, you're, there's still remnants of the burger in your mouth and you're, like, swallowing with the milkshake. So, technically, 
what he did is just take out the middleman. Uh, it's, it's more like pouring the soda on the burger uh, and, and eating it. Uh, you can't do that. Yeah, uh-uh. It's a textural offense. You know, you got to uh, keep the two textures separate. You put the McFlurry on it. You make the bun soggy. Then the bun's not crispy. Oh. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Nothing worse than a soggy bun. They should have like a Rick, Ronald McDonald in the back that when sees an offense just comes out and just slaps it out of <laughs> I like that. Get that out of here. I bad parent or not. Is this parent being an a-hole? Yeah, I need you all to help me figure this out because I know there's always been a debate about do you care more about your partner or your kids at a certain age? Like, who do you care more about? And in this situation, my friend, she's kind of upset with her mom because her mom has made an agreement with her brother. He started his third year of college and made the agreement that, hey, as long as you do what you're supposed to do grade wise and stuff, I'll help you pay for college in your apartment. Um, he was able to get a couple of grants and stuff, but the rest that needed to be covered, mom agreed, I'll cover the rest for your all four years of college as long as you do what you're supposed to do. And he has a job. He has a part time job. So he's managing a job and classes. However, she's now newly engaged to a guy that she's been with for like a year or so. And as they're preparing for their wedding, she's decided that, hey, I know he needs help with his mortgage and he has all this debt and stuff. So she told her son, I'm going to stop paying for your college and I'm going to put my money towards my fiance. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. This is a therapy session ready to happen. Right? Uh Uh-huh. So I'm like, why would you do this? He just started his third year. You all had an agreement. Yeah, that's the thing. There was an agreement. And you're doing this for a man that you've known for a year, but mm. isn't blood thicker than water? Like, what, is that bad parenting? Yeah. I, I would say so. Yeah. I, I would. I really honestly would. I mean, you you told your child one thing, and I mean, we, you're using the word child. I mean, technically he's an adult, but you, you told your child one thing, and you're going back on your word in order to um, help out your fiance. It's that that's an a-hole move. I don't know if this is even debatable. We're not going to be here very long, I don't think, Abby. Yeah, for me, I would never get over this. And specifically, to me, the nail in the coffin with this is he's already in his third year. He's made his decision based mm-hmm. off of what he thought was going to be paid for. Because if he knew that this was going to happen, like let's say she decided to get engaged his junior or senior year of high school, at least he could apply for scholarships at other universities and other colleges. So at least he could know in advance mm-hmm. she was going to be an a-hole. Right. Yeah, I, um, you're going back on your word, like y'all said. And at first, my first thought was, well, the, the son is an adult, but so is the fiance. He's even yeah. more of an adult. Yeah. So maybe it's toxic masculinity. But honestly, if I'm in his shoes, I wouldn't even be able to allow this to happen. I would have to find a different way. I don't want to take your son's money from mm-hmm. you. Like that's yeah, that, The whole thing is a problem. That's manning up right there. That's yes. what you do. You deny that money and you say, nah, under no circumstances am I taking that money away from your kid. Right. That was easy. Okay. It's a bird show. <laughs> The Burt Show. All right, look, we are big on this show, and I think that uh, we proved this yesterday when we all publicly apologized to Tommy for making fun of him when he was in a lot of pain. We went over the line. We apologized to him. So I think sometimes you got to do that in order to keep chemistry right. It's just a polite thing to do when you know you're wrong. And to preserve the In The Moment podcast, which is Moe's, there might be an apology needed here. There's no might about it. I don't think... No, let me take that back. I know... I have never been this disappointed in Katie <gasps> in our entire relationship. You're not mad, just disappointed? Very disappointed. Oh, and she says she's done plenty of stuff to disappoint you. That's exactly. the thing. <laughs> 
There was a lot to choose from, but this one takes the cake by far. <laughs> and we have already established here, all right, because I don't know where we're going with this, but Katie's a flaky friend, all right? So you, yeah. you sort of have to know what you're getting into with Katie. Like yes. She can flake at you on, on any given minute. That's fair. Okay. And that does apply here. I guess because of the occasion and the way that I found out, I think this was a little bit different. Okay. So I had a Friendsgiving with all of my close friends over the weekend. And I'm proud of the group that we have built because all of us have kind of come together with me being the common denominator in the middle. And so we have a very close, tight group that constantly hang out with each other. And I am not the most social of people. So I was pushed. I was influenced to put together this Friendsgiving. And I did it. Months ago. Put it all together. Katie's a part of it. So where, where's, it, where's it going down? What are you guys doing? What are you guys eating? So it's at my dude's house. Everybody has something that they're bringing to the table. Oh, it's a potluck. It's a potluck. Aww. Katie's obviously bringing her famous mac and cheese. Duh. <laughs> of course. Katie's bringing pot and you're lucky if she's there. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Right? So I'm just as excited to see Katie as I am to see this mac and cheese. Because if you know me, that is my favorite food in the world. What are you bringing since you've always cheated on every cooking competition I've ever had? <laughs> That's a fair point also. <laughs> they never forget, man. They don't. But because this was such a special occasion and yeah. our first annual Friendsgiving, uh-huh. I did not cheat this time. Yeah. I actually made fried fish and fried shrimp, which is a part of what I do pretty well. Look at you. Wow. Look at you stepping up. Woke, woke up early that morning and really got to cooking. Spent two hours over the stove doing my thing. Okay. Had it all ready to go, had it all lined up, right? Now, mind you, the Friendsgiving is happening on a Saturday. And this has been planned for as long as I can remember. So I walk into work on Tuesday. This is the Tuesday morning leading up to that Saturday. I had just finished having a conversation with everybody in the group text. We ready for Saturday. It's lit. Everybody's ready. Everybody's ready to go. I walk in. I hear Bert ask what Kristen was doing the same Saturday as the Friendsgiving is. Mm-hmm. And Kristen said, I'm joining you guys at the BBA staff party. Right. We're all going to gather and have a great time. Uh-huh. I don't think anything of that. That's wonderful. That's lovely. Y'all going to turn it up, have a great time. I'm disappointed I can't be there. The reason I can't be there is because I have a Friendsgiving planned sure. with all of my friends. Mm-hmm. Katie is one of my friends. <laughs> so then Bert asked, oh, well, you got a babysitter? And Kristen goes, I sure do. <gasps> you know who it is? Katie. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm sitting here thinking, not my Katie. <laughs> which, which Katie could that be? <laughs> this is Tuesday. Katie has not mentioned to me that she's not coming to the Friendsgiving. Mm. We do a podcast together on Thursday. Yep. I see her every morning. Mm-hmm. I saw her Tuesday. No mention of it. I saw her Wednesday. Mm-hmm. No mention of mm-hmm. it. I even saw her Thursday before we were going to do the podcast. I'm sitting there having a drink with her, sharing a lunch with her. No mention of it. She's just going along with the week as if nothing happened and I'm going to see her on Saturday. So it did not even come up until I forced Katie to explain to me how, just how she plans on being in two places at one time. And then that's when she finally had to admit to me that she was going to have to leave the Friendsgiving in 20 minutes after arriving. 20. <laughs> Katie, Katie, Katie. All right. Katie. Now let's get to the truth of this. All right. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, let's dig in. Uh-huh. Now, one thing about this friend group is when they throw out ideas, it's never solidified when it's supposed to be. So, yes, Mo did put it in the friend group months ago. Hey, let's get together for a Friendsgiving. I don't like and, my voice. I don't like it. <laughs> and meanwhile, as he's saying this, he's like, hey, does this date work for y'all? Right? And at that time, months ago, the date did work. I was like, yeah, that day works for me. Another person said it worked for them. And then they just never said anything for weeks. And I was like, okay, weeks go by. So there's no confirmation for you. There's, like, no, there's confirmation. no final email going, okay, it's going to be at seven o'clock Saturday night on this date. None of that. Mm-hmm. That right? is your defense. Yes. From that first text of the date. So mm-hmm. weeks go by and Kristen hits me up. She's like, hey, are you available? You know, to watch Jimmy on this date. She says that the date, something in the back of my head is like, that date sounds familiar, but I don't think I'm doing anything on that date. So I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not doing anything. All right. So this is a, we're about to come up on a vital piece of information here. Mm -hmm. So you don't hit Mo and say, hey, I know you guys, before you committed to Kristen, you don't hit Mo up and say, hey, you know, I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Saturday night for your Friendsgiving. You don't do that. No, okay. not at all. All right. Uh-huh. This is one of those things. Out of sight, like, out of mind. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, is it Mo's responsibility to confirm the date, or is it Katie's responsibility to reach out to see if the date is still on the books? I right. say Katie. <laughs> of course you would say Katie. The plans, the plans <laughs> were set for everybody Bro, else in the group, except can, you. Can you let me finish I, I'm my out. Go ahead. Do your I'll thing. let you talk. Okay. I'll let you talk. All right. <laughs> all right. So after I tell Kristen that, yes, I can, I can do this, right? Then it's like four days later, they circle back in the group chat. Hey, so does this date still work for y'all? Mm. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, that date now doesn't work for me because now I'm watching Jimmy. But I was like, well, it's a Friendsgiving. So maybe the time I'll be able to go to the Friendsgiving and then I can do both. And then everybody's like, all right, cool. So they throw out a time for 4 p.m. I was like, oh, that's perfect. I don't have to go watch Jimmy till 630. Mm-hmm. I can do both. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it to both. Mm-hmm. So why do I need to mention anything, mm-hmm. right? In my head, this is what I'm thinking. Little did I know what Mo was going through from what he heard and all that stuff. So when we address it on the podcast, he's like, Katie, why didn't you tell me that you're going to have to leave the friends giving early? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you're right. I told him, you're right. I double booked and I apologize for double booking, but I'm still going to be there. You still going to get your mac and cheese? Yeah. <laughs> and uh- then watching Jimmy, I went back to the party. Oh, you forgot that part. I went back. I came back. The party was over. (laughs) The party was over. Says who? I got home at 1 a.m. On November 2nd, (laughs) one of our friends sent, are y'all still down for the 11th? Receipts. I responded and said, yes, the 11th is a go. Katie did not respond to that at all. That's when they made the confirmation. This is after I already Mm -hmm. told Kristen. Uh That wasn't from the first 11th. That was on November 2nd. I'm, I'm just telling that was, you. That was three weeks. I'm just giving you the order of operations. <laughs> I'm just and I apologize. I said I double booked. This don't sound like there. an apology, Katie. <laughs> at all. None of this sounds like an because apology. Because it's not like I flipped. I could have easily backed out and said, nope, not coming. Kristen, who, are you, no. who are you ruling for here? That's what If she's following Katie's thing, at least she'll be back like one minute before the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Burt Show. The Burt Show.